Welcome back to the subscription show. I am Tim here today on Thursday, February 23rd, 2023 with Jennifer Amell and Lance Reinsterna. What's going on, you two? Hey, what's up? It's snowing. It's very heavy snow and the dome, the winter dome has collapsed. So so my day started. I'm not in a good mood, to be honest, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this this episode of the subscription show is going out to the public feed this weekend. We are recording this on Thursday, February 23rd, um, but it will air on the public feeds of Crawlspace and Missing on Sunday and Monday uh, of this weekend. And so I guess that's the 26th and 27th of February. Um, but it'll also air on the subscription channel a little earlier because that's what's up. We, we get it to you as soon as we can. If you're one of our subscription show subscribers of Missing Premium or Crawl Space Premium, we appreciate that. We appreciate any listener for the record. But if you want to join and subscribe, get bonus episodes, weekly bonus episode. You get everything ad-free and you get some early releases. You can subscribe in your Apple Podcasts app. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can go to missing.supportingcast.fm or crawlspace.supportingcast.fm, even though they basically go to the same place. All roads lead to our subscription service. <laughs> yes. That's just the way we like it. Like Rome. <laughs> right. <laughs> That was a round of applause for a job well done. Yes. <laughs> Announcing the uh, subscription <laughs> service. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today, huh? I just want to get out of the way right away. I'm, I'm actually kind of irritated with myself that I did not know that Julian Sands has been missing since January of this year. Mm. Wow, yeah. yeah the yeah. Uh, warlock actor has been missing since January 13th. Right, in California? Yeah, San Gabriel Mountains. He's 65 years old, went for a hike on Mount Baldy, Southern California. And by all accounts, uh, the authorities have said that the outcome is probably not going to be the best one. Yeah, so he's one of those actors that when we talked about this earlier, we were like, oh, who's this guy? And then you see his face and you're like, oh, that guy. Like, not a mm-hmm. A-list Hollywood actor. He was in Warlock. I think we discovered he was in Arachnophobia. But he was a really excellent character actor. And just a, just a real, like, shame to uh, not only see this, but not realize that this was a thing until this morning. I had no idea. Yeah. Mount Baldy's no joke either. Yeah. What's that terrain like, Tim? It's crazy heavy you know it's um it's m- much like mount shasta that we hear about a lot of disappearances uh near there mount baldy is uh in san bernardino county um outskirts of la and uh yeah i've definitely known some people who have hiked it and uh i don't think it's easy and i think there's some skiing and and crap like that too but i've never gone to it because i hate being cold um <laughs> elevation uh almost 4200 in california <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you get up there, it'll get, you know, you get some snow. But, uh, yeah, never the kind of thing mm-hmm. I wanted to do when I was out there. Yeah. I mean, you hear these missing persons cases, like, in wilderness. And most likely, like, your mind kind of jumps to, like, some kind of accident or just, you know, getting lost there and less foul play or anything. Yeah. But um, obviously hoping for the best for uh, Julian Sands' family. But, yeah, maybe not. 
was he alone when he went missing? Yeah, I think that's he was. Yeah, all the all the articles that I've read, he was alone. Okay, yeah, and uh, sixty-five years old. So yeah, don't know what he was suffering from mentally or physically, but uh, I honestly didn't read anything that said that he was suffering from anything. Uh, it kind of gave the indication or the implication that he was kind of an active person. I, again, just learning about it this morning. So uh, sort of learning about it in real time as we're talking about it. The California Highway Patrol uh, hit on a possible electronic device on January 25th, but nothing was, nothing came of that. Yeah. And apparently there was another missing hiker, like in the same age range as Sands. His name was Jin Chung. Uh, he was 75 years old, resident of L.A., um, he was actually found um, pretty recently, um, having suffered some quote weather-related injuries and a leg injury. Hmm. Um, okay. But he was, you know, rescued. I mean, since January, though, that's a long time <laughs> to recover someone who's still who's still with us. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And there were a couple of uh, younger folks who were rescued from Mount Baldy actually on uh, February twenty-first. Seventeen-year-old and a twenty-nine-year-old. They were hiking, and they're apparently okay. They were rescued. And then there was a body of Robert Gregory who was recovered, um, and he lived in California. He was reported missing on January 14th, just days before his 62nd birthday, and he was buried in snow about 300 feet below the summit of Mount Islip. So I, I take it that's in the same area. Hmm. Yeah, that's even higher. That's about double the peak of uh, Mount Baldy. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's tragic. I I definitely uh, go with somebody. You know, if you're if you're hiking. I don't know. Yeah, I hear definitely. about this all too often. Yeah, I know. Uh, and we we just covered that uh, disappearance of Abby Flynn when we did our Super Bowl episode with John Lorden, and that one is. There's nothing to fault Abby Flynn for just going for a walk just to probably get some fresh air or something and mm-hmm. not a trace of her has been found. So these things happen. And I don't know. Do you look at like the most obvious outcome slipping on rocks and falling in the ocean? Uh, I, and I think what the police chief, when John was telling us about this of Gloucester said when he said people are trying to have me prove a negative makes my job even harder. Like prove, yeah. prove she wasn't abducted. Prove Julian Sands had, you know, was was schizophrenic or something, and went into the woods in a uh, like a psychotic break or something. Well, I was I was when I s- suggested he might have been suffering from something. I was uh, more suggesting like health issues. He's uh, yeah, getting a little up in in age. I don't I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of deaths in national parks, you know, and. Um, I don't know, people who get, get older, some people don't want to burden their family with uh, caretaking and things like that, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wonder. Um, we spoke with Laura Risty this week who, about the disappearance of Polly Melton um, from, I think it was 1981 in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, and that one kind of reminds me of this because she just vanished into thin air um, while on a hike with her friends. Hmm. Um, and we'll get into that uh, maybe next week or the week after. But um, 
but yeah, Laura Risty is is great. We spoke with her in our for our uh, series on Trenny Gibson, disappearance of Trenny Gibson, also from that same park. So yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of disappearances in national parks. And honestly, I think one of the reasons is the terrain. And especially if you're alone, walking by yourself, like a sprained ankle, you know, a, t- a twisted ankle on like a fallen tree could could potentially end up killing you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have another circumstance with... um the episode of Missing that was released today when we spoke with uh, John Fariso, who was looking into the disappearance of Jacob Oliver. And that's a completely different type of terrain where he went missing in the Everglades. And again, going back to like maybe the simplest solution is, I hate saying it, but his car, his truck was found near a body of water. He's in an area with high alligator activity and he had a gun and they can't find the gun. So John Fariso puts these elements together and says it's most likely that he is in that water. However he got there is another story, but it's most likely that he's in that water. And again, the alligator element. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, even, even if like the wildlife didn't get to the remains or whatever, it's, I mean, you can sink into like black water in the swamp, right. And just like never be recovered. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, and that one's a national park as well. That's Everglades National Park um, in Homestead, Florida. Jacob went missing in August of 2011. Uh, John Fariso is is a great investigator. He is a he's retired now, but he was formerly a sergeant detective at the Missing Persons Unit in uh, New York City, um, which is pretty pretty impressive group. And uh, yeah, he he's great. He did say that he's investigating this as a possible suicide, you know, so I think he is, that's where his head's at until proven otherwise, you know, is basically what he says. And he says, find the gun that Jacob had because it should have a serial number. Um, and that could lead you to finding Jacob or at least, uh, at least it's a good lead is, is basically what he said. Maybe yeah. he sold right, the gun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if they found the gun and he's, he, Jacob had sold it before he went missing, that's that's really good information. Um, if they can't find the gun, I guess that's information too, but it probably means it's still with him or was with him when he died, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. one of the key elements there is that the holster for the gun was still in the truck. So if he sold the gun, there's absolutely no reason why he wouldn't sell, sell the holster too. I mean, or just at least like, package it together unless the whole st- like if you're buying a gun on a, on like a under the table type deal i mean you're probably gonna get the holster but here here what am i doing i'm trying to prove a negative i don't know the gun was was sold i don't know <laughs> why a holster wouldn't be sold with the gun and i think that's what john does is he works that out and says well okay it makes more sense for him to take the gun out of the holster and then go into a secluded area to commit suicide. So if you find the gun, it's probably really close to where he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was he known to like drive around with his firearm? Like, like he had it concealed or, you know, personal carry permit. Not really sure. Um, apparently he bought, yeah, he, I think he bought the gun in Texas. Um, and John wasn't, I don't, I don't think was able to like, get the information like the serial number exactly i think you're gonna need to uh call texas or, or have a texas investigator um work on that and try to search for that serial number um but again right like 
if Jacob sold it, who's to say like he sold it on the books? Like he could have sold a gun like to someone for some cash and no, no one has any idea about the serial number, right? Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I wonder about like the reciprocity laws between Texas and Florida too. It's like, I know some, some states like you don't necessarily need a permit or to register that gun in that state because like Pennsylvania and Florida have reciprocity weirdly. My thought process there is like, was it unregistered in Florida? And that would make that like selling process that much easier. Yeah, I, I don't think he spent a lot of time in Florida. Um, really, just before he went missing, he was apparently in a hotel room in Daytona Beach. Um, mm. And then and met up with a girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend in Florida, who he reportedly told that he was considering suicide. Is that correct, Lance? That's how that went, right? The Florida girlfriend was the one who he told he was having issues, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a few weeks or or less before he went missing. Yeah. And there was a, a part where we spoke with John Frisa, who spoke with Jacob's other ex-girlfriend or a different ex of Jacob's in Texas. And uh, J- before J- Jacob went missing, he actually drove to their houses, to their places, both of them. Um, so he's, he drove to his ex-girlfriends, and, and I, apparently that's why he was in Florida, to see her. Um, hmm. John said that the girlfriend that he spoke with in Texas said that he was going to get his life back together. Um, but I think that was a couple of years before he went missing. So there must have been some problem yeah. after that. Yeah. So this subscription know. show is for the public, but this is what you get. This is like kind of for people to hear, but a, a lot of it is for us to kind of suss out. So uh, this is what we're doing right now is kind of figuring out like John's investigation. Even he he's a very New York guy. He talks very fast. So <laughs> during that conversation, Tim and I were kind of texting like we got to go back to that. We have to revisit what he just said. What like what's the time frame here? Um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is us just kind of like working out the recent conversations we've had. Also, John wanted to be clear, sorry to interrupt. John wanted to be clear that the image of Jacob that is more widely circulated has him with this, uh, mohawk. And he said that that's really not what his hair was always like. It was more of that bowl style haircut. So yeah, I mean, seems like a good kid, 23 years old when he went missing, five, six, one thirty. So, yeah. And John is looking for an investigator who can potentially help and and pick the case up. So if you have any investigative uh, experience, if you are a licensed PI in maybe Florida or Texas and feel inspired to get involved, send PIs for the missing an email, please, at investigationsforthemissing.org. You can find out uh, some more information there. Another... uh, interview we had another conversation we we aired this week is with authors LaDonna Humphrey and Alicia Lockhart of the book Strangled and the Deep Dark Secrets podcast um i i really thought this episode was uh great i kind of i kind of feel like it's a crawl space classic to be honest i i feel like it's got everything you're you're looking for in a crawl space um episode mhm yeah, and uh, like, may I say, you guys handled it so deftly, and so did Ladonna. And um, 
uh, because it is like quite a dark subject, but it was handled with like levity and, and uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I really credit LaDonna and Alicia for setting the tone of that because really it's all their information. This, this great book strangled, which they wrote together is really scary and it's scary because it's real. And we all know, we've all heard death fetish. It's on the on the um, peripheral of true crime. So entering into the conversation, this could have been really dark. But they set the tone of it being, like you said, there's a little bit of levity in there. And it would have been a really tough conversation and even a tougher listen if it was mm-hmm. the real sordid details of this lifestyle i mean community i can't even call it a community because a community in my mind is supposed to represent something a little bit more progressive and positive and and welcoming uh this is like a uh yeah i guess what do we say lifestyle uh, a group uh this this type of fetish is right yeah and dangerous yeah death fetish my goodness and alicia talks about kind of personal experiences within this community um it's not like she sought after it it was like a job that turned into something weird i don't know you gotta listen to her talk about it it's um it's a crazy crazy story she's a victim um yeah and i think this is a worthwhile thing to look into in terms of potentially solving crimes yeah it's yeah. it's still playing out they're still fighting this uh alicia at one point says like she she still kind of baits them she'll go in and she'll go into these forums and she'll she'll draw them out and there are moments where Ladonna has described how they wanted to meet alicia at a barnes and noble and and take her home and 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 like kill her and then have sex with her dead body. And and that's what they're, that's what they're doing. They're bringing out these people and they're saying these things. And I don't know what the legal parameters are, but LaDonna made it seem, and she's a licensed private investigator. So she probably has a much better grasp on this than I do, but she kind of made it seem like because they set a time, a place and a, and a date that that was a step closer to an actual arrest because even though the act wasn't carried out, it, it was, it had those elements of planning. Right. 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 How is yeah, this it, not criminal threatening? Art, uh, artistic uh, expression. Okay. Yeah. I think in the case that you're describing Lance, where um, Alicia tried to get someone to meet her at Barnes and Noble, or at least, you know, th- that was their meeting spot. That person was under the understanding or the belief that, they were meeting so he could kill her, I guess. Yeah. Um, but obviously Alicia did not uh, go. Um, and, you know, I guess no guarantee that writer was serious either and would have done that um, and obviously didn't uh, end up doing that with Alicia. Um, but did they do it another time? I think that's the that's the part, you know? So it's like they, they try to get these people's information, their IP addresses, their, uh, their names, their contact info, and send it to their local law enforcement to put them on the radar, um, which, you know, is, is great, honestly great work because, psh, I don't know, thought crime or not, you should be on the police's radar if, you're, if you think you're planning to kill somebody. Yeah, 
Yeah, agreed. <laughs> wow. They are so brave. I they are never. badass. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so scared. I mean, not even just like the whole dark web and the death fetish, but they also have to battle with that thought crime element that a lot of these people stand behind that concept of this is my artistic expression uh this is if you're policing if you're policing it and it's a thought crime what you know where do you where do you stop on that this is this is a violation of my rights so there's that tipping point there that they also have to balance but LaDonna said that I think it was LaDonna that said they use the example of horror movies how you know well, you watch horror movies, people who are fans of horror movies, no one's shutting down the horror movie industry. And she just had a great response to that, which was like, well, no one ever, there's there's not an influx of people murdering other people because they watched a horror movie. Like that's not, it's, it, they don't have, they don't have forums that are, that are that like, like prevalent, which people describe reenacting a scene from a horror movie and, and actually going forward you know to make those plans mm-hmm. it's a completely it's it but there's a lot of gray it's a very it, it's a very gray area that they have to battle yeah yeah it's true i it, immediately what came to mind was uh Dahmer watching um oh boy wouldn't he watch like uh rosemary's baby or the exorcist i think it was the exorcist like over and over and over again, like while he had uh, uh, his victims in his apartment. <laughs> so is that a thing? Do people watch horror movies and then like I've never known that. Like I've known that death fetish exists, but I never I. And when Don, when Ladonna said that, I would it kind of came as like okay, yeah, I've never heard of people who are fans of horror movies trying to recreate the horror like the. I, no, I think that's an outlier for sure. Like, I yeah. think it would be pretty easy statistically to like prove that that's not kind of the impetus to commit murder because horror movies, like you do have like box office numbers and download numbers and all those things. And then you can easily kind of compare those to murder rates and stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but uh, right. yeah, anecdotally, <laughs> I guess it happens. But maybe murderers watch a lot of horror movies. Like, I don't know that there's any research on that that we can prove or disprove. Yeah. Um, But if you like horror movies, that does not make you a murderer. I mean, there's my favorite genre. And I'm not about (laughs) to go recreate, like, a scene from, you know, Terrifier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Or Anaconda. (laughs) Anaconda. Is that a comedy? If you ask me. Kind, kind of. <laughs> I didn't think so as a seven-year-old when I saw it. <laughs> Snake oh food. <laughs> I just remember John Voight like, opening his eyes after he's like been wrapped up by the snake. <laughs> oh, my God, that movie. Uh, John Voight. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he was an, an Oscar-winning actor doing that movie. Yeah. No, my, my problem with John Voight and Anaconda is he, he plays like some... like like guy with an accent. I forget what, what nationality he's supposed to be in that movie, but he has like a terrible accent from some place <laughs> in the world. Yeah. But I think the movie takes place in South America. I don't think he's supposed to be South American, but I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, he just has some like, I don't know if it's like a bad French accent that he's putting on or something, but it's terrible. I don't know. It could be dangerous. You need protection. Do you think the director was, was like, <laughs> 
we we can't tell John Voight that he sucks at this accent. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I what accent was John Voight doing in Anaconda? This is a you very important up. aside. Yeah, you look that up, and I'm going to just plug real quick that going to button up the Ladonna Alicia conversation. Uh, Jen and myself will be attending the Northwest Arkansas True Crime Fest to. Yes, to uh, for we're going to have a presentation on Dark Valley, the new podcast that's coming out in May. The Northwest Arkansas True Crime Fest is organized by LaDonna. It's on May 20th. And as a bonus, after we interviewed LaDonna and Alicia, we were thinking it might be cool to interview them live at the fest. And LaDonna just agreed to it. So nice. they're going to be, uh, yeah, we're going to have a little double bill there at the uh, Northwest mm-hmm. Arkansas True Crime Fest. I've never been to Arkansas. I'm excited to attend this. And LaDonna has sold a lot of tickets so far, a few hundred. So yeah. if, if you haven't heard of it, if you have nothing to do, or even if you do have something to do on those dates, 19th, 20th, and 21st, but the event is just the 20th. Cancel Reschedule. your plans. Yeah. Reschedule. yeah. Reschedule what you have to do. <laughs> if one of your kids is graduating from high school or 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 college or university skip it head out to northwest arkansas (laughs) yeah very excited for for that event for sure tim we need an update yeah john voight made two not one but two uh top 10 or top 15 lists of worst movie accents in uh in film history he was voted number one on the mtv version it says it's as if Tony Montana got swallowed by a large snake and then got spit back out for leaving <laughs> such a bad taste. <laughs> but apparently, he was doing a Spanish accent, and he was he was nine in out of 50, yeah nine out of oh. twelve uh, in Woman's Day dot com. Uh, yeah, they and and Woman's Day says John Voight's Spanish accent in Anaconda is actually the most absurd part of the movie. About giant snakes <laughs> eating eating people. <laughs> I love it. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. One other update we need to speak about today is uh, the disappearance of Jessica Stacks. Jessica Stacks went missing from New Albany, Mississippi on January 1st, 2021. And there was uh, recently an update, a um, an interview that, or News Nation did. I, I guess I guess they did an interview. They did a little video. They did an article, but they made some phone calls. They spoke with Kathy, Jessica's mom. They also spoke with Jessica's ex boyfriend, uh, Jerry Wayne Baguette, who apparently changed his story on the last time he saw Jessica which is a bit mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean, so he also was purportedly the last, like in the original story, he was purportedly the last one to see Jessica alive. And he had this whole like tale about getting in a boat that had no motor going down a river and like the boat taking on water and Jessica getting out of the boat and disappearing, Um, which no matter which way you dice, it makes absolutely no sense. So, I mean, it's not a total shock that he... (laughs) changed his story but like that to me just uh man it's very very suspicious hey why why is he changing his story right why is he changing his story is it uh, is it because police are questioning him harder did he did he listen to our episode on it 
Yeah. Are people talking to him about like they're on to you? They're questioning these things. Maybe the person who was photographed in that CCTV footage from the gas station who Jessica's mom, right, is pretty adamant that that's not Jessica in the vehicle. Correct. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that person is starting to talk to say, like, I'm going to come out and say something about this. Well, there, there would be several people who who would have knowledge. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? Run down the list. Yeah. Yeah, and you can start at that surveillance video at the gas station because Jerry Baguette says the last time I saw Jessica was a few days before then. So he's now changed his story and said that he didn't even see Jessica uh, on New Year's Eve. He, it was it was a few days before. So he's going back to like the 29th of December in 2020. He's saying that now that's the last time he saw her. But previously he had stated that they got into a boat that he borrowed and there's a there's surveillance video and a photo of a woman in the passenger seat um, who look could could be Jessica but it's very fuzzy video could be someone else too so the woman's wearing a hat um, mm-hmm. but so if Jerry says the last time I saw Jessica was a few days before she went missing then who the hell is that in the truck Jerry yeah it's contradicting himself I mean, I think, yeah. I think you know, Kathy and there's a a woman, I think is Jessica's aunt named Barb Dunlap, who's on Twitter and, and does some, some good, uh, good tweeting about this case. Um, you know, they, they, they have not been shy about not believing that that was Jessica from, from the beginning. Actually, they even gave us a name of someone they thought it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me get the, so this means that his entire boat story is not the, the entire, right? The, the, yes. the entire episode we did is not true according to him the boat the shovel that they used as an oar they were hunt they were hunting from the boat and she got right. up all the boat went down the river all of that's not true started taking on water so here's what i think like like i don't think jessica was on that boat first of all um no. but they did so maybe something happened the night before or that morning. I don't know. Um, but then maybe Jerry was like not thinking clearly and was like, well, I need to come up with something and I got to have proof that this is what happened. So he borrows the boat, brings it to the river without anything to do with Jessica, plants her, you know, uh, coat, gloves, shoes, that sort of thing. Because there, there was physical evidence uh, to kind of back up his story but that easily could have been this like half-baked plan to you know back up this like crazy story (laughs) yeah i don't know man yeah it's it's bullshit (laughs) it is and i and every time i look at his ugly face i he's got he has Of the people that we've covered for like potential perpetrators of crimes, he has probably in the top three most punchable faces. (laughs) And I've said it before, but if he was the guy that showed up at your family cookout, like you're you're having your family cookout, everyone's having a good time, horseshoes, that beanbag game that people play. Cornhole? I I don't want to call it cornhole. I'm going to call it the beanbag toss game. (laughs) He shows up instantly brings the party down right just looking at his face you know that once that guy shows up you're like Ugh, jerry's here yeah he, he like corners yeah, you by bag. the barbecue yeah yeah he brings like he brings 
a six pack of Miller Lite and then uh-huh. drinks your beer. Uh-huh. It has like like mesquite chips that nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tasted that. When you said that. <laughs> mesquite barbecue chips. Like oh, there's Jerry with his Miller Lite and barbecue yes. chips. Yeah, he's like covered in the dust. <laughs> in the dust. Ugh. He's he's been eating them in the car. <laughs> Which he probably just like took off of someone else's kitchen counter. <laughs> not to uh, not to laugh about this, but that's just how know. much emotion just looking at I his know. face. It's infuriating that like yeah. this dumb of a story could like stall an investigation and an arrest and like prevent justice for uh Jessica's family is just like insane. Yeah. Own and, up to it, man. Yeah. And he and he beat yeah. her. Yeah, Great. he did. He he did abuse her. Um and and Kathy, Jessica's mom, posted pictures and uh you know, I don't even think Jerry denied it. Um Right. So unfortunate. And uh that Barb Dunlap, by the way, she has been sharing some really interesting stuff on Twitter. She's been sharing some private uh like text messages and things like that. Um screenshots things like that with people who might know more um Hmm. one here who is allegedly from uh billy jack rogers who you guys might remember that we noted in that episode um he said uh well i just talked to brian and jimmy they did not find nothing hell they looking they looking in wrong place so i don't know how you Hmm. know they're looking in the wrong place if uh, if you don't know where she is. Tim, can you give that quote again, but in a Spanish accent? <laughs> your best John My best Voight. John Voight. <laughs> your best John Voight. <laughs> and uh, here, it seems like Kathy is um, sort of campaigning with someone who's running for sheriff. His name is Danny Dillard, uh, running for Union County Sheriff. And he says... If elected sheriff of Union County, I will make a pledge to all the family of Jessica Stacks to look at all the evidence and turn over every rock. I'm going to put a top-of-the-line investigation division together and work with them hand and foot to see this is done right. Danny Dillard. Let's get you Danny on the Dillard show. Danny Dillard. Get sheriff. you on the show. Let, let's, let's talk about what you're going to do. Yeah, that that's Absolutely. interesting. Yeah. Now, the other sheriff who I'm, I'm forgetting oh, I his name this. at at this moment, but, uh, yeah, we, we did, um, no, I I forget what it is, but, um, he he had said something to Kathy about, they're just some good old boys, um, which was really upsetting to us, uh, when we spoke with Kathy. Um, but he apparently that, that sheriff has apparently given, his information or all the information um, found in the case to the district attorney in, in that area. So it seems like now the sheriff isn't where we need to put the pressure, but it's more on the DA to actually do something about the case, like actually go find her and, um, you know, maybe investigate and, and uh, interrogate these, uh, these people like Billy Jack, like Jerry, like uh, there's another woman named, I think Barbie, there's a few other people. Um, uh, Jerry's son, Hunter, um, I would say as well, who who has been messaging with Barb Dunlap, who was apparently called by Jerry to to pick up his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some, you know, some information that needs to be sussed out here by law enforcement. 
But yeah. make no mistake, there are lies uh, being told to Jessica's family uh, by these people. So let's go. Let's wrap I this hope, case uh, up. Yeah, go to the uh, go to the store where they got the gas. I mean, talk to the person, the attendant working there. Find out what the demeanor was. Show them a picture. Was this, was this guy here? Yep. See see what they say. By the way, I looked up uh, what does good old boy mean, and there's an actual yeah. like dictionary, Oxford Dictionary definition of this. A man who embodies some or all of the qualities considered characteristic characteristic of many white men of the southern U.S., including an unpretentious, conservative, intolerant attitude and a strong sense of fellowship with and loyalty to other members of his peer group. Not the kind of thing a sheriff should say to the mom of a missing woman about the person who was abusing her daughter and possibly made her daughter go missing. Also, again, the the son Hunter um, uh, was phone was called apparently by Jerry for a ride um, that evening, and uh, so there's a there's a message from Barb that she posted on Twitter, and he says the night that happened, I got a call that he was lost and needed a ride home, and like any other son in this world would do, I went and got him, not having a clue that Jessica was even with him or anything that day. Several problems here. Now, apparently, according to Jerry, Jessica wasn't with him that day. And that was the morning. That wasn't the night. You guys see the problem there? That that yeah. was supposed to happen in the morning that she right. went missing. Not the night, Hunter. If you got a phone call that night, then there's more problems in this story than, than we even know. Mm-hmm. Jesus. It's the simplest thing. Something happened to her that night. It does feel like the wheels are coming off of the wagon that Jerry has tried to build that contains his alibi. It's it it's falling apart. Like how are you how are you going back on so many things? It's like a child who realizes that the lie that he or she told their parents is totally seen through and now they have to just go back to the you know, a a blank slate and start over with a new lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to be uh, an intelligent person to lie well, right? To keep your story straight. (laughs) For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's already been inconsistent. Uh, Sheriff Jimmy Edwards. That's right. That's who it was. Yeah. Still the sheriff. Jimmy Edwards. He's the one who said good old boy. So Sheriff Jimmy Edwards, if you're listening to this, Get on the phone to the DA. I know you turned over your information. I think that's fantastic. Well, now there seems to be more investigation to do because Jerry has changed his story. So yeah. please, you need to help out Jessica's family and go interview him again. I mean, look at the picture of her, pictures of her with the bruises on her face. Jerry doesn't comment on it or maybe says, I didn't do that. Who did it then? Who, who else would have done that? No, look at Jerry it. did it and now she's disappeared and now he's changing his story to something completely different mm-hmm. i mean i understand wanting to build a case so it's you know an easy conviction or whatever but yeah we just haven't really seen any evidence that that's actually happening <laughs> build a case against a good old boy he's, he's one of us yeah. and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors 
Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. You got a guy who's apparently said that, you know, apparently alluded to knowing where Jessica is buried, I would, I would say, or at least where Jessica is. Um, so mm-hmm. how about you go interview them all separately <laughs> and I catch mean... them in a bunch of lies and then yeah. go do a search in where they said she is? Yeah, oh bring the hammer down on this Jerry guy. Come on. Cut like... Billy Jack Rogers a deal. How about that? <laughs> Cut Billy Jack Rogers a deal. Hey, show us where Jessica is, and then right. you'll get a lesser sentence than stupid Jerry Baguette. Yeah. I mean, he alluded to knowing where her body was, but if you look at like the literal, if you take what he said literally, he said they're looking in the wrong place, right? They're They're not... So okay, just show us where she isn't then until until we find her. If she's not here, <laughs> is she here? Is she here? Is she here? You know, like more information. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Prove um, this negative. <laughs> this is but this is like so beyond the prove this negative. This is I mean prove it. This is just about like go go do the work, you know, go yeah. do the work and um and do a search. You know, and, and and really this case should be wrapped up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of this makes sense. I mean, I remember like when we first started talking about this and we were like, who goes out on a boat at like six in the morning on New Year's Day? With a gun hunting from yeah. a moving boat on a raging little Tallahatchie River. And maybe not raging, but moving fast. It was a swift moving yeah. river. Move, Yeah. Right. With no motor. No, With no and, motor, and no paddle, no paddle or no oar. Paddle. They, had, they were using a shovel. They didn't. It wasn't even their boat, right? And yeah, it was taking bullshit. on water. Like someone would. You're trying. Like we ah, oh, people believe. But you're. We're supposed to believe that there was a collective decision sometime before New Year's Day. We're gonna celebrate New Year's Eve, and then maybe we're not gonna sleep. Let's get that boat. Go. Go. Grab a gun. We're gonna go hunting from a boat yeah what i know uh, there's yeah. no no way like if my boyfriend no. was like honey i know we had a long night ringing in the new year but i really want to get up before the sun and go hunting <laughs> from a, a boat <laughs> like no i'm gonna go grab <laughs> definitely go, not <laughs> grab this guy's boat it is such a stupid story, and we knew it then, and I urge anyone to scroll back in our feed and listen to, um, we did two episodes on Jessica Stax's disappearance. Um, you know, when we were reading this information originally, we knew it was bullshit. I mean, it didn't, it sounded stupid. If you're going to go hunt wildlife that, that is not fish, why would, you know what I mean? Boar. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You're hunting deer or, or boar or something. Why would you get on a boat to do that? What are you going to do with the animal after you shoot it? Especially a uh, boat you can't stop. Right. What did they Yeah, and I feel bad because like the first time we reported on this case, like what was publicly out there in news articles, et cetera, et cetera, uh, was Jerry's bogus story. And then like as it happened, like Kathy, Jessica's mom, reached out to us and was like, Hey, you guys got everything wrong. And we're like, Oh my gosh, we're so sorry. Please come on the show and explain what you know. And it's like she poked holes in every single little thing. And yeah, I hate to be part of like, you know, uh, I don't know, popularizing Jerry's initial story. Um, But I think like, yeah, you're right, Tim. Like we were very, very suspicious. 
of the the whole circumstance from the get go. <laughs> yeah, we knew it. I mean, and that's and I think that's what you got to do. You got to take the the story as told to police if you can find that, which is what you sure. know, we did. The researchers, you and and I think it was maybe Shana who worked on that one who um who did um, but. Clearly, that that is not what happened, and even from Jerry himself, that's not what happened. So, mm-hmm. I just remembered, and I'm so mad that I'm thinking about it now, and or remembered it now so late in this episode. But am I misremembering this? Kathy was the one that broke down at the end of our interview, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who doesn't know this story, and we might have done it on a subscription show before, but at the end of our interview, Tim and I are on there with, with Kathy, her mom, on Zoom, and she and it's a very, very, very emotional interview in the first place. And yeah. she's trying so hard to not break down, and she's telling us this, and you can tell she's got like grief and anger and and like actual rage in her. And she thinks that she signed off from Zoom at the end of the interview. We said, okay, well, thank you. We're very sorry. And she thinks she signed off. And I can't even like think of this moment without getting choked up. She absolutely breaks down, like sobbing, holding her head, crying. It all came out. And Tim and I were looking at her and and we were after a while, we were just like, uh, Kathy, we're, we're, we're sorry. And, and she realized she was still on and she just like quickly like left the uh, left the Zoom. But she was like it was like the most emotional sobbing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was it was a real pain um, mm-hmm. that she was expressing there, you know, and and she believes she was doing it privately, which yeah. I would uh, I have to imagine is a different experience for that person than than if they're doing it in front of people that you know you don't know. Yeah, and yeah, like how many people have we interviewed that have like pushed it to the to that limit? From you know Bruce Maitland and and John Palmer was another one of those interviews where they were trying so hard to just keep it together like mm-hmm. years of interviewing people like that. And, and, and I, I hope she doesn't mind that I'm telling people that this story, but I think that people have to know like how bad this is like tearing her up. Yeah. Well, I guess here's the thing, right? We'll, we'll never know because mo- yep. most people, they lo- they leave the zoom and, um and we don't see that. Yep. We don't yeah. see that private breakdown, but I, I'm pretty sure almost every family member has a has um, you know some time like that after the interview where it's tough. It's tough sharing sharing these stories. You know, it's 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 asking them to go back through some of the pain, most painful things in the in their lives. Um, and yeah. you know, I, they want to do it, and we're here for them, but um, it's got to be so hard. Danny Dillard should make a trip over to visit Kathy. Maybe take her out to dinner. I know that sounds weird, but do something human to show her that you're not just lumping Jerry in as a good old boy. And I hmm, guess we have to deal with Jerry beating somebody and then probably killing them. Just, just show that you're a human and you can relate to her. I misspoke earlier. Uh, it was Kathleen Studer who um, who worked on this, uh, the original research in Jessica's case uh, with right. with you, I think, Jen. Um, so yeah. big shout out to Kathleen. Uh, I'm sure she's following this case still. 
so that that's what you get here on the sub show. Um, this one might have been a little fiery, a little more fiery than normal. Yeah, um, definitely be- didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't. I can't help it with this. Uh, this this sheriff in in Union County that situation. And I and I know I I do believe they they've done some real investigation, and I'm sure they want to see justice too. Um, but, uh, you know, if we're sitting here th- like a thousand miles away, and and like we know. There are multiple people caught in lies. I'm sure they know it too, but yeah. they gotta they gotta get it done. You know, they just they gotta move this forward. Yeah, it's also their job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's go- it's gonna be our job to keep talking about them if they don't uh, if they don't make this sure. happen. Yeah, so for and, sure. and that's yeah. you know that's just that's just the truth. That's what we do. We put pressure. If there's an an, an obvious place to put pressure. Then we're going to do it. And I have to say, Jessica Stax's case, like, is the most obvious on my radar right now of, like, what direction to push. Like, this is pretty, yeah. a pretty easy one for us right now. Wow. <laughs> 55 minutes. Wow. Thanks a lot for listening. 55 minutes of yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out our episodes. We got some great episodes coming out next week. We spoke with Bob Ruff of Truth and Justice. That's going to come out next week. Actually, Tim. Yeah. Step it back a little bit. Set yourself uh-huh. up. Say, uh, just so we go into the Bob Ruff thing. Hold on, we have some great episodes coming up next week. Okay, <laughs> we have some great episodes coming up next week. Next Wednesday, March first, we are speaking with Jim Harold of Campfire. Uh, we talk about some ghosts and some spooky stories. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we did speak with Bob Ruff yesterday. That episode is going to come out, I think, on Sunday. March 5th, and he's great to talk with. Um, we spent some time with him at Obsessed Fest this past year, and uh, he's, he's just a great guy, great guy to, to talk with and uh, really funny. Really um, funny. We had a great conversation, yeah. So make sure and to check that out. He reminded us that we've known each other for like almost seven years. Know, right? But this is the first time he's recognized you. <laughs> well, that's the running joke with Bob is that he doesn't recognize people uh, after he's met them a couple of times. And we were talking about that, but then we went into the conversation and said that we had known each other since what, 2017? Yeah, 2017. At least yeah, six years. 2016, 2017. Yeah, somewhere in that yeah. range. Yeah. That's almost so, a yeah. decade. <laughs> he said that we, we invited him on Crawl Space in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh we ju- well we you know we just got around to it so you know that's <laughs> <laughs> right right seven years later it wasn't like we forgot we just you know now is the time <laughs> that's very on brand with with bob ruff though right sent the right. invitation in the slow mail <laughs> <laughs> right uh, <laughs> So Thank check you. that out. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you want more of this, this bonus show um, content weekly, you can check out Missing Premium or Crawl Space Premium. Again, you can get it right there in your Apple Podcasts app, or you can go to crawlspace.supportingcast.fm or missing.supportingcast.fm if you're not an Apple user. And that'll actually take you to the same place, and you'll get the same products, four ninety nine a month, early releases, ad-free, and you'll love it. We promise. And Tim, if one wanted to follow us on social media, where would one do this? <laughs> wow. Well, one can follow us anywhere that, you know, pretty much the, the major social media uh, channels. You can do that at Missing CSM or Crawl Space Podcast or Crawl Space Pod. Or on YouTube, it's just youtube.com slash crawlspace. <laughs>